Well, hey everybody, and welcome back to Bottomless Coffee Podcast. I'm Jerome Evans, all over the internet at, at Jerome T. Evans. And today we are talking with the owner of the diversity-centric real estate company, Texas Pride Realty Group, and the founder of Carrollton Pride in Carrollton, Texas, Bob McCraney. Welcome, Bob. How are you? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a real pleasure. We've gotten to chat. It's good for to like... meet you in person. I've listened to several of your podcasts. So I'm like, oh my gosh, he's real. I'm flattered. <laughs> I am real. Thank you. I keeps, I keeps it real. Um, and I think that's kind of the first question I had. I was like, well, a diversity-centric business model. Uh, why, why do we need that? What's going on? Well, funny you should ask. Um, I've been in real estate since 2003. And okay. before that, I was in IT for 17, 18 years. Hmm. Uh, my first partner and I bought our first house in 98. And our realtor at the time kept introducing us as brothers. Oh. And then when we bought the house, we couldn't get insurance on our possessions equally. Hmm. One of us could be the owner of the house, but the other one had to be a tenant. Hmm. And, you know, then the cable installer came to install cable in the house and figured out who we were and left. Oh, what? And so we had to have somebody else come out and do the cable. There was just no dignity in the process. Oh my God. There was no dignity. Our first house together, we were a young couple and there's no, there's no dignity in that. And so when I started in real estate um, three or four years later, I wanted to serve the LGBTQ community because obviously that's my people. Mm-hmm. And I started a business model of working outside of the the, the, the neighborhood is downtown in Oaklawn here in Dallas, 75219. Everybody thinks all the gays live in 75219. That zip code, that's where the gays go. Okay. And we were out in the suburbs. Oh, okay. So I sure. started working with the LGBT crew because we are everywhere. Yes. We're not just all downtown. Yes. And so that was kind of my niche market. And as I was developing that market and working towards it, I realized most of the brokerages hire people they know or look like them. Hmm. I don't look like them. I mean, I kind of I'm pale and, and, and chubby like them, but I'm not, I'm really gay. And it really made some of them uncomfortable. And they, I, there are some companies didn't want to hire me and that's fine. So I started my own company and I wanted to be a company that was for inclusion, which is why we are Texas Pride Realty, you know, mm-hmm. Texas Pride Realty Group. Some people think I just love Texas. Oh, sure. And some people get what it means. And I don't have both <laughs> and drag queens in the advertising too much, although I should. It's just... It's a, it's a, it's a double entendre and it's, it's telegraphing to the world who we're here to serve. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm a little shook even from the first part of your story. 1998 wasn't that long ago. I'm like, I was alive then. What do you mean? People were just like openly discriminating against you as a couple. It was, it was more micro aggressive sort of. I mean, that's not that micro. Like people are that micro. Okay. But, um, I mean, it's not like, it, it just kind of hurt our feelings a bit. Uh, yeah. didn't, there was no dignity in, in, in the situation. Yeah. And I just think everybody deserves the dignity of, you know, oh my gosh, you bought a house, congratulations. Or, you know, whatever it is you're going through, see them as people. Um, and over time, I started broadening the diversity message from just being LGBTQ centric to being full diversity. Because there are a lot of groups here. We have a huge diversity, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of people from around the world. 
know, we mm -hmm. have a huge Indo-Pak community here. We have a oh. huge Muslim community here. We have a huge, you know, Asian community here. Let's hire people from all those communities. Let's go to all their festivals. Let's have a pop-up booth at their, their places. Let's go do things with them. Yeah. And let them get to know who we are. And if you go to almost every brokerage and you go to their About Us page, mm -hmm. every face looks the same. I, I do they do that. Like, I do they look go. like Fox News commentators. They are all the same little little face. I, I do. I don't want that. I want, to, I, want to, I want to have a, a basically a, every, every type of face you can think of. Yeah. Working here. Now, I will say, um, treating people with dignity, is that's like, you know, bare minimum. And so it's really shameful on those other uh, companies that they weren't even able to meet that really low threshold. But do you feel like you go above and beyond even that level for your clients? I try to keep my ear open to figure out how to go above and beyond. Yeah. I try to figure out what it is that somebody somebody could what we could be part of um if if there's a, a celebration or a festival or a, um, anything like that that's that you know, it's part of any of the other diversity communities and it's appropriate for us to be there yeah let's be there let's be there let's be part of blm let's be part of every movement we can think of let's be part of the women's rights movement let's be part of you know any other you know organization that a sibling organization that we can be helpful towards mm -hmm. let's, let's let's be good people in the world uh, you and, said go ahead no i'm sorry i'll, I'll, oh. I'll just get going yeah uh, you know i uh, as a podcast host i appreciate it when you get going i will i will be careful <laughs> let you keep getting going um but you said 2003 is when you started when texas prime yeah okay no, uh, Texas, oh. no, I started, I got into real estate 2003, but as what you may not know is for the first year or two, you have to be under a, a, a kind of like under a broker and I okay. couldn't broker for two years. I started Texas pride in 2009 Oh, okay. uh, for the first three years or first I was, I was under three brokerages before one was a lesbian friend of mine who was amazing and really kind of set my course. Uh, and then she and her partner moved out of state, mm. uh, for various reasons. And I went to this. 40 person brokerage where everybody wore a product everybody wore the, the best suits and they drove the best cars and I had the best and it was all fake. All oh really? Inside. <laughs> and they weren't terribly gay. They were just kind of like gay adjacent. They wanted the gay dollars, but they didn't like that. I was like super uber gay. Hmm. And then after that, I, I kind of got fed up there and I, I spent about two years at what I call a gym membership brokerage where you just pay them $200 a month and you can work there. Sure. And the, the level of care for the for the agents was not there. And so I learned from those experiences what I wanted to do when I opened up. And I wanted to go back to the way my first broker, Deb, had helped me. I wanted to be that in touch with my agents and understand who they were and what they needed yeah. while building an agency that was welcoming of LGBTQ and others. I've had I have agents working for me who got walked out the door at Coldwell Banker. Oh. She has tattoos or she has an Instagram we don't like or or he's he's not really you know, yeah and and, and it, at one point i thought about merging us in and i did merge us under uh we are now under home smart stars as a group but i interviewed like 15 or 16 different brands before i picked home smart and they would want and they wouldn't say it quite this way we will take the white ones or we'll take the ones that don't have oh my visible, gosh. visible tattoos or mermaid hair or he's really fey you know he's really feminine we're not yeah. sure about and they wanted to subdivide our group and i was like no 
You take all of us or you take none of us? Oh my gosh. I yeah, am... it, it, some of it, some of them, they expressed it in ways that you knew what they were couching it. And then some of them were just like outright, no, we don't want, we can't have that person. I'm often kind of um, surprised. It, it's like one of those things that I know, but I keep tripping over it again and again and again. Like the protections available under the law really are like the bare minimum um, for most people. But for mm -hmm. our people, they're, they're like non-existent <laughs> in a lot of spaces. I think part of this gets, yes, everything you just said, yes. Um, I think a lot of it is that we're not getting protections that go through all three branches of government. Mm -hmm. We'll get judicial opinions. We'll get executive orders. But I don't know that we've really ever gotten a legislative piece of paper that came through the vote, got to the executive and got signed and then got tested in the courts and said, yes, that's valid. Mm. We get one of the three branches gives us power and then that branch gets screwed up. Right. Like, you know, we have a 6-3 court now instead of a 5-4. We have a new executive every four or five years that signs something different. The yeah. legislature never gets anything passed for us, as I recall, and nothing that's substantial. So this is why we don't have gay marriage as an established fact. This is why we don't have Olgefeld, the Ogafeld decision, mm -hmm. which reversed, you know, gave us gay marriage, is instantiated. We don't have the Lawrence v. Texas decision that is like is going to probably get overturned here. We're going to go back to being illegal people. Mm. And when you're talking, you were saying, well, you know, 1996 wasn't that far back. We were still illegal people in Texas. Yeah. So when we bought the house together, we had to be very careful about how we did it because we were admitting to being illegal. Yeah. Can we still get a mortgage? Are we going to lose our jobs because of that? Are we going to, you know, are we able are going to be able to to have this insurance policy where I have to be listed as, as, as a tenant is partially because admitting you're doing illegal acts may invalidate that policy. Oh, my gosh. And it's it, it's kind of and that's all coming back <laughs> I, know, I know i'm like oh my gosh the before times <laughs> because there was just this like period where we were like okay we don't necessarily have the written protections but we're all going to be okay you know and now, now i'm looking at the future i'm like i don't know about being okay we'll we'll see but i did want to circle back to the about us sec no oh please you're great to the about us section on websites because um, I didn't click on the About Us section on yours. So do you find that you're able uh, to draw the talent that you want to Texas Pride Realty and like, have it reflected uh, in your agents in the, in the way that you'd like? To a great extent, yes. Yeah. There's always room to grow. Yeah. Um, one thing I do with my agents is I'll go out to their TikTok or their, their Instagram or whatever, and I will embed that in their page on our site. Oh. So if you go to see Kimber Fox, who is one of our amazing agents, or you go see Mikey Abrams or, or Thomas or, or Krithi or any of our agents, if they've got their Insta or their, their TikTok going, I'll go take their posts and put them onto a blog. And then that blog feeds our site because you're going to log on and you're going to pick an agent visually. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's human beings mm -hmm. do that, whether they acknowledge it or not, whatever biases they have, they're doing that. And I want them to go in and see who the person is. Oh my gosh, here's a TikTok where Mikey's, you know, talking about this, or, or Thomas is out, Thomas rides yeah. his bicycle in big, long races, or, oh. or, or Kimber is just 
fucking amazing. Or, or, I don't know if I can. Sorry, okay. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> and you know, she's got she's got a, she's got a look. She she goes by the pinup agent of real estate. She looks like a poor. Oh, interesting. But here's the thing: I want to show who they are, yes. so that you go, "Oh my gosh, he likes dogs. I like dogs." Mm-hmm. She she dresses really well. I want to dress really. And you're going to pick an agent because you trust them. Yeah. Based in that interaction, we're not selling houses. We're selling trust. There is so much trust necessary. And trust me or trust one of my agents, that's going to make the transaction go well. Agreed. 100%. We've got, um, my husband and I have an amazing realtor. And the reason we stick with her time after time after time is because we trust her. Like if, if we go into a house and she's, she kicks the, kicks the bottom and stuff falls off or whatever it does. And she's like, nope, we may as well turn around and go. I'm, I'm like, Shannon knows. I trust Shannon. <laughs> here's, here's to Shannon though. Here's because to Shannon. I have, I've done many a showings where I've just looked at the person and said, I'm not letting you buy this. Mm-hmm. This is just, this is not going to work. Yeah. Um, oh, we had a thing. Uh, realtor stories. We had a thing here in Minneapolis where for a period of time, you know, it was all cash offers, no inspection, all cash, no inspection. She was, she was like, I know you want a bigger house cause you got a dog. You want this yard or what have you. You cannot submit an offer with no inspection because it will, <laughs> like you can't do it. It might ruin you financially for the rest of your yeah, lives. Like absolutely. you're not allowed. That yeah. scared the bejesus out of me. I just, I watched what people were doing. You're paying 40 grand over asking mm-hmm. without any appraisal to protect you. Yeah. Please don't call me in a year and, and, and scream at me because I'm telling you, yes, you need to buy a house, but that's, that's extreme. It is. That's extreme. It is. Now, okay. So 2009, you established Texas Pride Realty. It's mm-hmm. now 2022, going on 2023, so you've been successful. Um, and so you must have done something right, because there are certainly a lot of, like, cis, white, heterosexual males who, real estate agents, who go out and, you know, start their own brokerage, and they are not successful. So um, was it, do you think, primarily focusing on trust, that has made Texas Pride successful or were there other things that you did as well? I have to give a lot of credit to the coaching program that I'm part of. Oh yeah. Business coaching program I got in 2015. Um, We started Texas Pride in 2009, mid-year. So 2010 was really our first full year of numbers. From 2010 to 2014-ish, we turned in almost the same numbers every, we grew to a certain point and we couldn't escape that that loop. We were just having the same year over and over because that's Mm -hmm. all I knew. And so I got into a coaching program through Tom Ferry International, and it, it it gave me perspective and it gave me some leaders to follow to the next level, which was great. We've doubled the company three times now. Oh my um, gosh! And and yes, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of of hard work along the way. Um, a lot of you know, like oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? Do I stick to my guns or do I just turn into an average generic brokerage? Do I which moves do you make? And do those mo- moves benefit the company, even though they're really hard? Mm. Do you stand for what's right and and take the hit on the dollar signs? Or do you just do what's convenient and just, just push it down the road for later? And I'm not always making the right decisions, but I'm always trying to look at those decisions and say, what what could we do different? And how could we, how, it may piss off the board of realtors, but we're going to say these things. Yeah. We're going to say these things. It's going to be very uncomfortable for some folk. 
and some folk in the gay community who who donate to some of the realtor things that end up uh, a lot of the realtor money ends up going pack money ends up going to homophobes hmm. and they want us to keep donating and i'm like no i'm not going to i'm not going to empower my own disenfranchisement thank you and so you know i get in trouble for for saying that uh, and then they'll tell us well just join the pack and you can change it from the inside and as uh, Audre sure. Lorde said the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house mm-hmm. you cannot use their tools to undo an unjust system you have to you can't keep riding the buses right you can't go to montgomery and ride the buses you have to you have to walk for a while and then the bus company will finally come back and say okay you can sit anywhere hmm. you don't just keep working the system you break the system okay i and feel like so you are I listening get, to some of my past campaign that. speeches <laughs> <laughs> Line me up there. I'll come. I'll come. Uh, I'll, I'll do yes. the crowd and get you going. <laughs> no, it's just I, I try really hard to just be true to who I am, and then I try to let my my agents be true to who they are. As long as they're not you know doing anything detrimental or anything that's against the the rules of real estate. Yeah. Why can't they say what they want to say? Why can't they wear what they want to wear? Why can't they dress the way they want to dress and 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 show people who they are rather than having to fit into a little suit? with mm. the perfect little haircut and the perfect little car and try to be somebody they're not. Because as soon as you notice they're being somebody they're not, you don't trust them anymore. You don't trust them. Yeah. And what are we selling? Trust. trust. Um, so you mentioned a coach, your coaching program. And I wonder if you can um, speak to what led you to go to coaching. Because it sounds like your business was successful. Year over year over year, you're like, we're doing okay. But did did something make you want to grow the business even more? Or like, how did that decision come to be? I knew I was kind of at a a precipice point. We we had five or six agents. Um, We were doing um, 50 or 60 deals a year, right between 55 to 60 deals. It was really weird. Every year we turned in 57, 55, 58, 57. We we could not have done this if we tried. (laughs) For some reason, that was what the, the engine we built was generating roughly 60 deals a year with four or five agents. Hmm. And I knew that that could quickly go away at that level with only four or five agents, you lose an agent or two to illness or whatever you're, you're shutting down. Yeah. And I was the lead. I was the person bringing in all the, the, I was the rainmaker. I was bringing in all the work and doing like 67% of the business. And every once in a while, I'd like to take a break. Right. All right. So I figured, I figured that there was something I was missing and I had little huddles with some of my fellow realtors in town. And um, some of them had some good advice. Some of them were like, you're just, you're, you know, you're not going to work this way. It's not going to, anyway. So I started seeking out advisors because mm-hmm. if you're the, if you're at a table, you know, and you're the smartest person at the table, you're at the wrong table. I was at a table sitting there basically by myself, leading a, a really, you know, individualized business, a liberal, you know, gay business in a red meat state. Mm. So I had no one at my table. So I had to reach out. And I went to this event uh, in, in Plano, which is one of the suburbs here uh, in, in 2015 with the idea for Tom, it was a Tom Ferry three day seminar sort of thing. I'm not going to buy this. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to write down every idea and run out the door. Yeah. I've done that. And on the third day he did this visualization exercise and he knows this story. Tom, we've talked about this. He did this 15 minute visualization for the room of you know, like 200, 300 people. Turn the lights down, close your eyes. And he, he had you visualize, he went through this process. I won't, I won't bore you with, 
but visualizing your future 20 years in the future and you you go meet yourself 20 years in the future and you talk to yourself and you figure out how you know ask how you got there and what did you do and we came out of this 20 or 30 minute session and you start scribbling 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 yeah and i went holy crap i didn't realize these things about myself just by freeing your mind up to go what could my future be yeah and i went to the back of the room i gave him my credit card and i said <laughs> i think you can charge me i think visa loves me i was singing the song yes visa loves me take yes, my money bob take my money <laughs> but, but it worked yes and it kind of changed the course of it, do you ever let's say you got in the car today and you were going to drive to um topeka mm-hmm. and you've never driven to topeka before in your life Mm-hmm. But when you get to Topeka and then you turn around and drive home a few days later, driving home seems to take less time because you know yes. how to get there. Yes, I've experienced if that. If you can visualize your future and you've already seen yourself there, getting there takes less time because you've seen how to get there. This is That, that program paid some dividends, Bob. I can show you the numbers and it just totally, you know, and these are people who've been in real estate longer than me. They know things I didn't know mm-hmm. and they're willing to share because they're not in my, my, my geographic area. Even if they were, they'd share, but they're, they they get being a, a you know, a lonely little petunia in, in the onion patch, basically. I am, I am running a business like no other business in yeah. my area, specifically for diverse people yeah. in underserved communities. And I don't have that, I don't have that peer group here. So I had to reach out to other states and other areas who have LGBTQ, stronger LGBTQ real estate connections. And start building that network so that then I could go, oh, that's what I should do here. Right. We, um, in the, some of the earlier episodes where the audio is not so good, um, the content was still great. Um, it, we had uh, something we kept coming back to having to do with the values you hold and the actions that you take and making sure that they align. And so the exercise of, you know, meeting yourself in the future is really like how you get to be the person. How did you get to be the person that you wanted to be? How, what steps did you take? Um, I love that. I'm obsessed with it. Um, and I think maybe we'll see if we get to talk a little bit more about that after this uh, coffee break, because we're going to talk about how you founded Carrollton Pride in uh, Carrollton, Texas. So yes. be right back. We are back on Bottomless Coffee Podcast with Bob McCraney of Texas Pride Realty. Uh, you can learn more about them at texaspriderealty.com. And now we're going to talk about dun, da, 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 Pride. Go fig. <laughs> so you founded Carrollton Pride mm-hmm. after receiving some homophobic threats. So without re-traumatizing yourself, just talk us through, talk us through. When, in the previous segment, we talked about my first partner, Warren, and I bought this house here in Carrollton. And um, we are a very red state. It's no, it's yeah. no, no hidden agenda there. Uh, and the mayor's race was coming up. And I didn't know anybody. We just moved into Carrollton from each of us kind of had combined our, our apartments together in Dallas. And we moved into one of the suburbs um, because his two kids were in the next suburb and we wanted to, to have, we raised his two kids. They were nine and 12 when we got together. Now they're mm. 36 and almost 40. Oh my um, gosh. And we're all still 
besties, even though we're not together anymore, we're all still, uh, we're still a, a, a family. Yeah. Um, and so the mayor's race was coming up and I knew that the, um, the congressman for our area was a real jerk. Yeah. He did not like us. He does not like our people. He got elected uh, when George W. Bush went from Texas to, to Washington. He ran, and his whole campaign was a solid yes vote for George W. Bush. He had a constituency of one. Wow. Put me in office. I'll vote for anything George Bush says to vote for. And that guy hung in, in Congress for a, a 20 years down the road. Anyway, his son was running for mayor hmm. of Carrollton. His son was inheriting the positions his father had had. Mm-hmm. He was going to be mayor. Then he was going to go to state state house. And then he was going to go to Congress. You could, you could see it. Be, you could see the track. You could press yeah. that up like admission here. <laughs> he, so he, he did the vision. He did the vision. He was like, what am I going to do? Okay. I'll follow daddy. <laughs> and there was this other woman running who had been on council. So she has experience. And she mentioned something in there about diversity or whatever. And so I called her up and I said, hey, hmm. I'd like to meet you. And this was like mm, 2003, 2004-ish. And at the time, because I had my tech career, I knew how to build websites. And this was back when the websites were kind of a newish thing. Oh, sure. Ask your grandparents. It was, it was kind of like AOL was still hanging out there, but we had... Anyway, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. met her and she and I just instantly connected. Becky Miller and I just became instant friends. And I'm like, I could help design your website. And she's like, oh my God, yes. And then she lined me up with three or four other candidates running that were friendly candidates running for city council positions in the same race. And so I helped two or three of them. And so Becky's campaign, the day of the election, uh, there was a lots of of stuff going on between the candidates. Signs got taken down and ripped and crap Mm. like that always happens. We beat the the son of the congressman 51 point something to 40. We blackened the eye of the heir apparent. Yeah. And that's what got me noticed. Yep. Who is this gay Democrat guy on Becky Miller's campaign? Yep. And so that's when I got my first threatening letter. And it was an unsigned mm. letter that said, you pissed off the Marchant family uh, and you will you will pay the price for that. Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. And um, so the idea that they uh, seem to have is identify Bob, the gay guy in town. Mm-hmm. There's one, get mm-hmm. rid of him. And <laughs> my partner was like, do they not know you live with somebody? There's two gay guys. He's like, nope, Bob's the only problem because Bob stood out. Yeah. And if they could get me to go away, they solve the problem. Right. It's not, it's, it's a weird ideology. I've seen it in other situations. If the smoke alarm's going off, I'll just turn the smoke alarm off. It'll kill the fire. No, the yeah. smoke alarm is what's telling you there's a problem. I'm the one telling you there's a problem, but you shut me up. You don't see the problem anymore. Yeah. So, I started building a group. I started finding people and we, we would just go to dinner once a month. We just would know who each other were. And over time that built from like three or four of us who would get, go to dinner once a month. And now we have 40 or 50 people coming to dinner each month. Oh, we went from being the pariah, by the way, in the next election cycle, the, the Republicans got mad at a lot of the, the city council people and told them to drop me off their campaigns. I was helping three campaigns. Two of them called me and said, hey, we can't have you help you, us anymore. They will lose votes. But could you leave your website up for us and just not right. tell people? So I just started building this up and, and having people, let's get together and talk. Yeah. And then we started probably about four or five years in, we started having our own um, election uh, candidate forums. Oh, there you and go. We would get we would get two or three people, four or five people show up, 
You know, because city elections are run by a couple hundred votes, or, mm-hmm. or won by a couple, a couple hundred votes. There are 130-ish thousand people in Carrollton, of which only about 50,000 are registered, and of only which 4,000 vote. If I can bring you a couple hundred gay folk yep. to help you win your election, is that you worth you being nice to us? Yep. And so it went from we had these, you know, kind of, you know, just couple people showing up voter forums and then it kind of grew and people loved coming to our forum more than the other other forums because we asked very important questions and we have a moderator who's neutral mm-hmm. so that you know it's it's usually the minister of the church that likes us down the road and the candidates actually got to say stuff and so it got to the point that the candidates want to know when our forum was before they accepted other invitations we became the popular one and about three years ago two years ago there was a, a really critical election coming up. We had the first female woman of color running to be on council in 20, 30 years. Hmm. And through a variety of situations, she had no staff. She had nobody helping her. Oh my gosh. And so we found out probably about four weeks before the election that she was isolated and alone in a three-way race. And we wanted to at least get her in the top two to get to the runoff. So I thought, well, let's have a picnic. Let's have a picnic on the runoff election day. We'll have a gay picnic in the park and we'll drive people, you know, hey, come to the picnic and then go vote. Yeah. And the picnic turned into, well, let's have a pop-up booth. Okay, let's have three or four pop-up booths. Okay, let's have a food truck. And we ended up having our first pride event in the city of Carrollton, the first suburban pride event. Oh my gosh. At the church that likes us. Um, it was 40, 40, um, 40 booths, two food trucks. We had police protection. We got a proclamation from the mayor and the city council for declaring this Pride Day because oh it was God. an election there year and they wanted us to like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 600 people showed up. That's incredible. And I, I thought, well, the, my big fear was no one will show up or everyone will show up. And this sure. was right when COVID had taken a dip and the city really needed some fun. And oh, this was recent. Huh? This was recent. This, this was um, 2000, this was 2021. Oh we my had gosh. our first big full city pride event. And then this year we had it again, we had 58 booths. We had 10 booths in the church that were trans specific spaces Mm. for for trans people. And then we had food trucks. We had more police officers um, and about 900 people showed up. Oh my gosh. And what we started doing was other, other cities, other suburbs started calling us going, how'd you do it? Yep. Where do you get a permit? What do you do? And so we've seeded about seven or 10 other pride events suburban pride events because pride should be local if -hmm. they think that we all live in 75219 downtown the suburbs don't have to change but when you see all the gay people in the suburbs yeah you can't you can't ignore us anymore so the idea of getting rid of the one gay guy who's a who's a rabble rouser worked against them because i just got pissed off and started grabbing (laughs) all the other people and flooding we had becky miller actually rode in the city parade this is probably 2007 2008 I took her downtown, got a convertible for the day. She threw, you know, beads to all the gay people. She had a hell of a time. Pat Malone was a city councilwoman. You know, everybody had a, a great time. Yeah. And she was the first suburban mayor to ride in the race, uh, ride, ride in the parade, excuse me. Sure. Six months after we did this, the right-wingers figured out she was in the parade. I don't know how, you know, like, it took them six months. Mm-hmm. They passed literally a petition the mayor and the city council should not be allowed to meet with, with members of the LGBTQ community or participate in their events. What? And 75 people signed this and they brought it to city council. And we didn't know they were doing it. You know, obviously right. they're kind of like stealthy about it. And 
That, by, by the way, that petition is on our website, uh, caroldenpride.com. I did not redact their names and phone numbers. It's out there. It's a, it's a city document now. It's yeah. a public document. So there's all the people who were jackasses to us. Um, the next city council meeting, we flooded the room. Mm-hmm. We flooded the room, and I did not speak at that council meeting. They, they knew me. Yeah. I want you to hear from all these folk. Before a city council m- meeting happens, there's usually little awards and I shouldn't say little, there's, there's awards and things like that. And the day that we flooded the room, there was a, a little league team getting an award for winning the, the tournament or whatever. Sure. And so the mayor goes up and shakes the coach's hand and, you know, the little kids, you know, get a little chocolate or something. Who knows? And there's like five or 10 minutes getting those kids out or getting those kids settled. And then the real meeting starts and we're sitting there like, here comes the real meeting. Mm-hmm. One of our people gets up like 20, 30 minutes later. And goes to the diocese and, and starts talking about gay equality in the city of Carrollton and why this petition was rubbish. And he says, I want to thank council member Simons for going to my husband, who is the coach of the, of the, the Little League team, <laughs> and telling him to get the kids out of the room because there's homosexuals here. No. Thank you for warning my husband to get our child and our team out of the room because there are gay people here. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Oh Simons, for doing that. Oh my God, we literally had a moment in the room of the homophobia going on in the city yeah. that could be illustrated in that moment. Yep. And I did not, I, that, I think the most important thing I did was not speak that night. Let the others be heard because as long as they can polarize one person, oh, Bob is awful. Yeah. Get rid of Bob. Bob can never run for office, but and I really don't want to, but, but if I ran, it would be, be all about that let somebody come behind me who's the kinder gentler gay person let them run and sure. i'll take all the hits let them it's like you know being the icebreaker you're pa- you're paving the way right you're paving let somebody the way. else run i don't want to go sit in committee meetings anyway but I, yeah but so, that's the, that's what led to getting carrollton pride up and going and then our forum took off and then our, our pride event took off and it's like we're here I had, so, okay, everybody, I did not know the story of how Carrollton Pride was founded before I asked, because what you're taught, what you're describing in Texas, in Minnesota, we would call organizing. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's more of an intentional practice um, and not usually, it doesn't usually occur like under duress or under threat as happened to you. Um, it's, it's like everyone, you know, get together. We're going to, we're going to door knock for yeah. this particular candidate or we, or I went to a picnic two weeks ago on, uh, uh it was labor day. Uh, mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate labor and, oh, we're also going to have these politicians here who are going to speak and tell us of why, you know, why is labor important and all these other, these other subjects or what have you. But for you to have organized an event that brought that many people who uh, are, he- are receptive to your message and who are willing to take action is really incredible. And it goes beyond the, the, uh, the actual event, the actual day, right? I mean, this was, a, this was years, years and years and years leading up to the founding of Carrollton Pride, but your impact has really been monumental um, in your community. And, it, and it, that will last for years and years and years and years. So well done. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. You. <laughs> and I, you and I were talking before, before we started recording. Um, it's interesting to me to talk to people from non-Southern states, non, mm-hmm. 
homophobic red meat steaks. Yeah. And they look at you funny like, well, why do you have to go to this much work? Why do you right. have to? Because we are living in, everything that's happening nationally with, with Trumpism and stuff like that has been festering in Texas for years. Mm-hmm. For years. And so I guess maybe we're just more, maybe we're the canaries in the coal mine or we're the, we're the ones who have been living with it so much that we're just sick and tired of it. Um, and I think the rest of the country who doesn't have this is looking at us like, well, I've, I've read about that somewhere, but that's, that couldn't really be that bad. Right. It's that bad, it's that bad. for sure. And it's, I think one thing um, that you maybe, maybe not only want to say we're able to benefit from, but one thing that didn't hold you back is that in some states, in some cities, there were congregation laws specifically targeting our LGBTQ community to prevent us from organizing and doing exactly what you did. <laughs> yes. 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 So, so let's look. Can we can we get political for a moment? Uh, I would love. To. Let me take my cardigan off. <laughs> um, if if Lawrence v. Texas is the sodomy law uh, mm-hmm. that, that protects us under the Fourteenth Amendment is knocked down. We're going back to being illegal people. There are seven states, that, mm-hmm. I think seven states, that already have sodomy laws still on the books they never got rid of. Even though they wrote in, you know, sorry, this is unconstitutional now, they're trigger laws, meaning they immediately go back into effect. Their legislator and their executive don't have to repass them. I believe Georgia is one of those states. Lovely. Yeah. So when that gets overturned, which the 6-3 court, you know, Clarence Thomas has already telegraphed mm-hmm. he wants to do, and Ted Cruz, our senator, has been like, yeah, let's do that. I immediately go and go back to being illegal. Our bars can be raided again. Hate mm-hmm. crimes will go underreported. The LGBTQ youth drug drug and alcohol issues oh, will yeah. go right back up because they won't see a future. Um, it, all the things that we've worked so hard to improve in our community mm-hmm. are going to immediately. And Stonewall was a riot on a bar raid. Yes. Stonewall was not a white party. I say let's take it. Let's take it to 2023. Uh, Grinder is illegal, right? Uh, Tinder will be removing the men seeking men option right. from the webs from their website. There will be web web censorship. Um, it really it's a Pandora's and even if they box. Leave that up. That could be an entrapment issue. Let's say they, if they don't take that down. Yeah. What police department wants to get some press this week and go on Grinder and make a little hottie police officer looking guy and then trap everybody and get them? And just for those who think that's crazy, I would invite you to read the Department of Human Rights' report on what the Minneapolis Police Department did in the wake of the murder of George Floyd regarding social media so that you know that we are not living in a fantasy. This has already taken place uh, just on different social media applications. Excellent point. Yeah, it's it's nuts. So uh, honest, huge kudos to what you did in Carrollton. Um, that's incredible. And uh, I think kind of bringing it back to real estate, um, do you, as your company, do you find that you're kind of pro- you're protecting your customers from the, from the world, you know? <laughs> Should, should we go there? Should we just go there? Let's let's do it. Let's so do it. So this year when we had the Pride event, uh, we had the Pride event in June, and probably about three or four weeks before that, that's I just started getting this inkling in the back of my head that we have to change our model 
to help get people out. Governor mm. Greg Abbott has signed an executive order that says if you have a trans child mm-hmm. and you do anything that affirms the transness of that child, CPS, which is Child Protective Services, he signed an executive order that says transness is now child abuse. Yeah. CPS can show up on your door and take your child away if you've done anything to affirm. Uh, now, what they'll say is, well, that just means anything, you know, if you have your child have surgery. No, they're taking it to an extreme level. If your child is 10 or 12 years old or whatever and is super proud and goes and tells their teacher, yeah. hey, Ms. Smith, I'm trans now, or the, the nurse or the doctor or anybody, if pastor hears it, yeah, they have to call CPS or they are now protecting a child abuser in their in this language. So we have to help get these people out of the jurisdiction now so they don't lose their families. And so we created FleeTexas.com and started talking about this. Because over the last year or two, I've had conversations with almost every friend I have. What's your plan B? Where's your, where would you go? What state would you go to? What country would you go to? Mm. And this is a conversation we're having. There's a gay migration already in place. Yeah. I've got people in Puerto Vallarta, Spain, Portugal, um, a lot of the northern states. I've, I just had a friend write me and say, we're going to Connecticut. There won't be time to have a going away party. We've already bought the house by. Oh, my um, gosh. Because his, his partner or his husband's company, excuse me, when Roe v. Wade fell, the company said, anybody who wants out of a state, we will pay for your move. Yeah. And they took it and they're gone. It's, I've got people who are moving to um, Palm Desert in California. Mm-hmm. And, and so I started talking about it and I made this Flea Texas website. And what we started getting was people from other states going, what about help us? Huh. So we changed now to FleaRedStates.com. And I'm kind of destroying my brand. Because for years, we've been sure. the ambassador for Texas going, hey, you know, we have a really, really, you know, hateful mentality as far as our, our government. But if you live in Dallas-Fort Worth, you're okay. Or if, you, sure. if you're in the metro area, you'll be fine. But if you go outside the metro area, you're going to run across a lot of homophobia and, and white pride flags and white power flags and stuff like that. So yeah. to, just stay in the, the bubble. I can't, I can't legitimately say that anymore. I can't sell trust right now in that way because... I don't trust the government and I see where yeah. they're going. Yeah. And now they have a six, three court to be able to do whatever they want. I can't tell you Texas is going to be a safe place anymore. So we kind of, we're, we're helping people get on what I call the rainbow railroad, get them out of here. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Let's say you hire Sally at, at banana realty and she, she comes to sell your house and you're getting out for this reason. If Sally finds out you have a trans child, Sally can call CPS on you. Mm-hmm. Why not hire somebody to work for you who gets your get your people and will find you somebody in wherever you want to be who gets your people. Yeah. And you can go quietly or as loudly as you want to, but you can go sure. safely with your child and get out before CPS comes on your door and goes, Hey, we understand you got a trans child. And it makes business sense for you to do this as well. Cause people are, like you said, people are leaving anyway. You know, com- companies are like, we are buying houses in other places or helping other people move. We're like, well, right. I'm in real estate. Responsible companies are. <laughs> yes, certainly, certainly. But I enough have of yet them to see, I've yet to see like American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, TI, any of the, the big companies that have moved into Texas. Hmm. Bezos, you mm-hmm. know, come on now. It, it, it will be the corporations that force it will. The change is back into the, into the, you know, I think the corporate, I've never been a corporatist, but I think it's going to be the corporations who will say, Hey, don't do that. Disney in Florida. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't screw with the mouse. Yeah. 
And, and, and what they did was they, they, made, they took away Disney's right to self-rule, but they shot themselves in the foot because they just absorbed all of Disney's debt. Disney's like, we have the money. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. Like, Who's who has the win? giant pools of money, right? Who has win? the resources? Yeah. The, the Little Mermaid, she's going to win. Right. She's going to win over time, and that's fine. But these corporations are going to be what tell the the, the re Republican side, hey, this is we can't do this. Yeah. Or they're going to quietly go, okay, we'll do this now. And it's going to be interesting to see how that pivots. But I'm not going to risk my life and my future on being an illegal person on whether the Republicans are shamed back into being humanists. Yeah. I can't wait for that decision, and I can't let my, my people – not have yeah. the opportunity to have the discussion. Do you want to stay or do you want to get out? Yeah, because for and us, there are ways for yeah. people to get out. You get in a car and just drive. Get yeah. on a Greyhound. You know, it's time to it's time to think about evacuating. So for for us, it's uh, well, this could happen. You know, we we see we see it set up and exactly how it could happen in the relatively near future. But going back to that trans child, you know, I think, the, like you said, the order has already been given. And last I read, it was just like staff members at the maybe like the Health and Human Services Department who were like, uh, we don't want to do this or we're going to take it to court or something. And that's the only thing keeping those, chi those, the, those children safe and those parents of those children safe. And so, yeah, for sure, I would be out. I would be out already. You know what so I mean? Look like, at the, <laughs> look at the loss of people we've had in, in education. Mm -hmm. Being a CPS worker cannot be an easy job. No. Already, and I've read stories where CPS is losing people, and they can't keep their can't keep staff anymore, which may just prevent all this. But it's still there, and you don't tell me that they can't go hire somebody who does want to do this. Hey, I want to be a vigilante. I'll go work at CPS and I'll go break up families. Yeah. You know, there's going to be that sort of personality, just kind of like the police officers. You know, there are some police officers who shouldn't be officers because they're attracted to that power they have over people. Sure. People will come back and backfill those positions. And or do you want to risk your family on that, waiting for that to happen or not? Yeah. Uh, there was a, a situation in Channel 8 News, uh, and I can send you the story offline if you want me to, where a trans uh, teenager was pulled out of class in, mm. in high school a couple of weeks ago and was, was interviewed without a parent and without a guardian, without any adult, about their transness. Mm. and was so traumatized doesn't want to go back to school anymore because they don't want to be separated from their family yeah it's when you start marginalizing a population you marginalize all of us yeah and right now it's trans but it's, it's very quickly going to turn into everybody else you, do you know about the abortion law here in texas where tell me about if, the abortion law if i, I if I suspect Sally had an abortion. Oh, yes. Okay. And I suspect Steve drove Sally across the state line to go get it. I, as a civilian, can sue Sally and Steve each for $10,000 as just a, as a person in the world. And, and the state is saying, well, we're not enforcing the abortion ban. We're just letting civilians sue each other. Right. What happens when they take that law and strike the word abortion and say homosexual? Oh, I'm sure they've already written it. What happens? And because the Supreme Court says this, okay, this yeah. sort of law makes sense. Yeah. California used it for gun manual. If you if you think somebody used a gun wrong, you can sue them. So California's like, screw that. We'll take your law and do it different. But Texas is going to take that and put a put a homosexual on that. How many ten thousand dollar lawsuits do I have to sustain before I I'm mm -hmm. a, a free person again? Even oh. if they can't prove I had the act of, 
you know, the sexual I mean, it'll act. never end. It'll never end. They do, they'll do it until you're ruined. You know, they'll do it until you're ruined. You either, yeah, you either leave or you're broke. One, one of the two. So the fact that people are having this conversation quietly, the fact that people are already getting out quietly, mm-hmm. I just created a website for it. And started trying to get people talking about this. And I'm doing a whole video series. I'm actually going through all 50 states and saying, hey, is this state a good state for your rights? Here's what they have. They have a red governor. They have a a, a blue Senate, a blue House, and a blue attorney general. This may be a good place for you. They have protections on the books or they don't. They have a sodomy law that's going to trigger or they don't. Um, Here's the average temperatures during the winter and summer. Sorry. I knew you were going to bring up the winter. (laughs) I said, I knew you were going to bring up the winter. Like Minnesota's great, except for the cold. (laughs) But y'all have a power grid and ours fails all the time. We're we're a little uh, mad at you about that that failure, by the way. Why are you mad about about a power grid? Oh, because we have to, we're paying, we are absorbing like $800 million or something uh, individually. Yeah, because the the price of wholesale gas shot up or whatever. And so. Because of our power grid? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, I'll send you, I'll send you the articles. Send me that offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had, a, we had a, a major storm in 2020, and our power grid failed because yeah. we deregulated. Everything's deregulated here. Y'all just do. Every company just do what you want. And like my my, I have an elderly mom. She was displaced 14 days. Mm. If I didn't have a place to take her, there were little old ladies in her center who had nobody come get them. Yeah. Wow. They were without plumbing for 14 days as elderly people. Plumbing. Yeah, because the plumbing froze during oh. the, the cold snap. And then when it when the cold snap went away, the plumbing was destroyed. And for 14 days, they couldn't get plumbers. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. I heard about the power, not about the plumbing. Oh, yeah. I mean, people died in that from hypothermia. Well, I knew that. Because, but... you know, so if we're going to move to a cold state, I'd rather be in a cold state that has yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I may be your neighbor in Minnesota someday. It was just, a, oh, please, we'd be, you'd be very yeah. welcome. Just, um, uh. Very quickly, uh, just to relate that story on the the power that the power bills that Minnesota is seeing. If you recall, there was also there were also stories in Texas about um, people getting like ten thousand dollar power bills or what have you. Very similar to that, uh, not to the tune of ten thousand dollars, but the price of gas just really shot up for that brief mm-hmm. period of time uh, on the wholesale market, and so. Uh, our gas company to keep our homes warm where it was, you know, like negative 32 degrees, let's say. They were like, okay, well, you need this to live, but it's very expensive. And so we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now you pay, now you owe us $100 extra a month for three years. <laughs> I see your point. I see your point. No, no, it's cool. But if we gave them all tax breaks when they first got started here, if we give every Walmart tax breaks to put and put a Walmart in our area, mm-hmm. why can't we give people something? Oh, I, we agree. I agree with that. Why, why is that called socialism and giving the big breaks to the corporations and everything yeah. is called capitalism? Right. I'm like, you've got record profits. So why are you charging us this much? That doesn't make sense. Minnesota has a $9 billion surplus, but we're supposed to absorb oh, the you're just, cost. You're just talking crazy. You just, I, you just <laughs> go, go look at economics later. It's literally that sort of, we're supposed to be that stupid not to connect those dots. Right. Right. And just keep, the system going the way it's going and the one way to change capitalism is to hurt them in their in their their bottom line that's true and then they're going to wake up and recognize that oh homophobia doesn't pay or discrimination doesn't pay or gouging customers doesn't pay it it comes back to organizing 
at, at honest or yeah. you know whatever whatever you call it in your local no, community no, get together with people get together with people yeah. now let me ask you we were talking about um lgbtq customers uh which kind of expanded to families who just wanted to leave what about your agents what about my agents uh, how are you protecting them in any way or you is, do you find yourself as an employer having to having to closely track the laws that are passing in the city of Texas to make sure that you're still able to do business, you know? We're watching we're watching the laws very closely. Because you and are I'm putting their social media up on your website. You know what That's I mean? Good. Like <laughs> if they're gonna come for us, they're gonna come for us either way. I'm not gonna yeah. try to hide who we are right now and act like, you know, we're just a little, you know, straight laced little company. It's too yeah. late. That that cat's out of the bag. Um it's if my agency it needs to transform and and whatever, if people need to to get out, they need to get out. Uh, and I will we we will be successful no matter where we go. You know, maybe maybe we'll create a franchise across the country. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, or internationally, we'll be the next. You know, we'll be the really gay Remax or something. Who knows? Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, right, we'll have a rainbow balloon. Sorry, Remax. I was nothing against Remax. I love Remax. Don't sue me. Um, but we'll we'll figure out some way to to hold it together or maybe each of my agents go start their own brand somewhere sure and i've given them the, the ideas and the gifts or, or just the empowerment to go to go do this maybe they don't need me to help them they, they it, i want to have i've always told people when i leave this industry i want to leave it with 50 or 70 people who do my job better than i do because mm. it's really not hard to be a, be a really good real estate agent it's really not hard to be a good real estate agent but so many people aren't trained or they just don't have the motivation. They're just like, oh, it's easy money. I watch HGTV. It's super easy. No, it's not. It's 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 work. Okay. So I'm if gonna... I leave, if, if if we end up having to, you know, get out because of the laws, somewhere or another, all of us will still be connected, and we will still be collaborating in in whatever way we can from wherever they are. Good. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave you with a question as we go into the next coffee break. Okay. I'm gonna dim the lights, <laughs> quiet the music. 20 years from now, you meet your future self and they have empowered 50 to 70 real estate agents to do their job better than you are doing now. How did that happen? Think about that as we go to coffee break. Okay. <laughs> Too. I'm listening to a podcast, not to give plugs to anybody. Uh, there's a gentleman who runs a podcast called The Nomad Capitalist, and his name is Andrew uh, Henderson. And he, his whole take is helping the uber rich, you know, people who have seven, eight figures, go to some place where they can buy the lifestyle they want and have less taxes. And yeah, he's he's helping people at a different level than I will be at. But he's talking about things that are, are relevant to the movements that's happening. And one yeah. of the things he talks about is if you go to a sushi restaurant and you have a dinner and you get really sick and it's just a horrible experience, you're going to tell all your friends and you're going to go find a better restaurant to go to next time. Right? Yeah. If you live in a state that treats you horribly and you have a really bad experience, don't feel loyalty to land anymore. We're all raised to be patriotic Americans and you know, rah, rah, rah. If, if you're, if you're able to do something different and you're able to get a better experience in another part of the world or another yeah. state in the country, 
we're not agrarian anymore. We're not living on the farm and no way to get to the next county. We literally can get on a plane and go wherever we want. Yeah. Yes, it takes some empowerment. It takes some money. I'm not trying to say that you know poverty doesn't exist, but it's it's a matter of there are there are changes people can make no matter where they're at. Agreed. And having that loyalty that's 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 taught to us that 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 you know that that country first sort of thing is is great in some respects. And I still love the dream of America, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that once you wake up, you don't don't realize we're here we're part of that dream the whole time that are not so dreamy so if there's a place that you feel more welcome or feel feel is better for you let's find it agreed yeah agreed um and i think you really hit on something special there uh this this idea was taught to us in the same way that these uh the these actions these oppressive actions um, are the result of things that were taught to these other people. Um, and sometimes people are just teaching each other the wrong things. But I didn't hear you teaching us anything wrong here today, Bob. And I really appreciate the fantastic, fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, you can learn more about Texas Pride Realty at texaspriderealty.com. And Bob's other website is, I believe it's Flea Red States. Yeah, and it's F L E E, like you're leaving, not F L E A, like the insect. <laughs> we've had, we've had like literally, you know, like amazing people write us and it's spelled wrong. And I'm like, it's not like a bug, it's like leaving. So, you know, my, my suggestion is to go ahead and just buy both spellings. I should buh- buy both spellings <laughs> and just, just, just forward it. Yes, you're right. But yeah, it's freeredstates.com. And yes. uh, if you have any questions about any any place we can help you with, let us know. We have referral partners around the world um, and we want to try to help our people figure out what's best for them. And okay. it may take a year or two or three for you to be ready for that. But let's, yeah. let's start thinking about it because the other side's already thinking about how to dismantle our rights. Yep. Let's, let's, not, let's not be on the last train out of Paris. Agreed. Organize. Organize. Thank you so much. Uh, If you like this conversation, everybody, subscribe. Give us all five, 10, 50 stars, however many there are available. Uh, And you can stream more episodes of Bottomless Coffee Podcast and our TV show, Bottomless Coffee with Jerome, at bottomlesscoffeeshow.com. See you next time.